So we're in a brand new year. 2023 is gone and we're in 2024. Seems like a long time ago from where I first started. <laughs> very, very different world that we live in today. Much change that uh, we have seen. Much change in the different generations. It's, it's uh, amazing how much stuff transpires. And so... For uh, a lot of us, tomorrow we're going back to that sense of normalcy that we're used to. We're looking to go back to our routines, back to work, back to doing the normal things that we do with the holidays behind us. And uh, as we make that transition, this is the time of year when many of us want to start to make changes or improvements into our lives. You know, uh, gym membership quadruples this time of year. There's more contracts signed for gym memberships during the months of January than any other part of the year because we're looking to, to make changes. We're looking to, to improve. And uh, so I was thinking, well, what, what kind of things do we, we want to improve on? And my hope is, is that if you don't have a relationship with God, that's one thing that you might want to improve on this year. Or, if you do, how to improve that relationship. How to make it better. And I'm even going to throw in a, a third category. You know, we're trying to reach more people and we've... Uh, changed up the format a little bit in the hopes to do that, and I want to make sure that it's very friendly for everybody. So if you don't fall in one of those two categories, how about we just challenge you a little bit? You know, we always have a, a thing that we want to disprove. Well, just let's listen for a little bit and just come in unbiased and just think about it and just let your, your heart lead you and see how that works. So if we're going to have that relationship, and no matter which one of the first two categories you're in, you know, say, well, I already have that relationship. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that claim to have a relationship, but it's not based on a very good foundation. Unfortunately, there's a lot of poor teaching. There's a lot of ignorance of who God is. There is a lot of misunderstanding. And it's not something that we should ever be ashamed of to ask questions. You know, many times there's things that we rule as, as basic information when it comes to God that a lot of us simply do not understand, but we're scared to ask anything about it. We're scared to explore it any further with fear of being judged or coming across as unintelligent or not knowing. And we don't want to do that. We want to be there. So, but it's not nothing to ever fear because we are constantly learning more. We are constantly evolving and becoming better and learning more. And as more and more pieces come together of this great puzzle that God has given us, Sometimes things change. 
As we understand one portion better, it may change our outlook on other things. So we need to have a, a very open mind when we're, we're looking. And if you're truly wanting to make these things happen in your life this year, these are the things that you have to do. Now, last week, when we was finishing out the year, we talked about a little bit about uh, repentance. And I want to follow up on that today and really get a clear understanding of it because that's one of the building blocks that we have to, to work on. And it's oftentimes is, is misunderstood. Now, there is two types of repentance. Acts 2 and 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, the first thing we need to understand is, no matter who we are, no matter how great you think you are, no matter how good you think you are, we all are sinners. There is none not righteous, no, not one. It is only by the blood of Jesus that we are made righteous. We have to have a, a Savior. And if we go back to some previous topics we've talked about, is that we talked a lot about the law and what that purpose was. And we were given the law so that we have all these rules that we can't follow. Because we are humans, we are going to mess up. We are going to backslide. We are going to do things we are not supposed to do because that is what humans do. And by having all of these laws, it shows us very clearly that that is going to happen. And that Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. But our first form of repentance is, is realizing that we are, in fact, sinners. And we are coming to Jesus and admitting that fact. We are repenting to him. John the Baptist went down and said, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is his hand. And that is what he is talking about here, is that we have to repent in order to receive our, our salvation. And I picked Acts 2 and 38 today because uh, Peter, he talked about a couple different things. He said, first repent, and that's what we're talking about here. To The fact is that we recognize that we are sinners, that we are in need of a Savior, that we need to make a change in our life and be baptized. Now, this can often become a, a form of confusion for people. And we've talked about it before, but we're going to go over it again. And baptism is a outward showing. It's not a requirement. If you're not baptized, it's not going to keep you out of heaven. 
But what it is, is, is a, it is a covenant. It is a showing. It is showing your fellow man and making a covenant between you and God. You are putting away the old and bringing forth the new. You're making a physical showing of that transition, that change in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because it is only by Him and Him alone, not by your acts, not by what you do, not by what you think, not by how good you think you are, only by him does this work for the remission of sins because we are all sinners we have all sinned we all continue to sin that is what we do and we shall receive the gift of the holy ghost now in the past i like to call it the salvation package See, for many of us, we believe that salvation is simply just getting into heaven. It's like what we Christians like to call fire insurance to make sure we don't wind up in in hell. And for many of us, we are just doing that bare minimum. You know that when you have insurance on on anything that you have, whether it be car insurance, health insurance, you can get the bare minimum that's required by law, the liability, or you can get the full package that's going to cover everything. Now, for many of us, we think we're only getting that basic package. It gets us into heaven, nothing more. But see... When we we pay the fee, when we repent, when we accept Jesus Christ, we're paying for the deluxe package. We get all the bells and whistles. We just don't realize it, so we don't use it. It's the whole salvation package. It gets us in to heaven. But you know, it also gets us that speed dial number to God, that direct connection to Him. You know, I don't think we fully realize the impact of what Jesus' sacrifice did for us. Just that alone. Being able to, at any moment, at time, anywhere you are, in any kind of shape or situation, being able to go to God and talk to God Himself. That is a gift from salvation. Having the Holy Spirit inside of you, the comforter, the guide, something that is working in your benefit, that is leading you, guiding you, that is communicating to God on your behalf, doing all of these things for you. Healing. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Jesus tells us that we will do things that he did and things that are greater. 
Because the same power that was used to rise Lazarus from the grave and to do all of these grand things that Jesus did while he walked on earth, we have access to that. We have access now to the kingdom of heaven. See, we always think that we take salvation, that's for something in the future. It's for when we die. It's for when the end comes. But in reality, it's something that we can take advantage of right now. We can access it right now. We can access God through Jesus. We can access all the power of the kingdom of heaven through Jesus, and we can do that right now. It's all part of this package. And this grand gift that Jesus has given to us. But then we have the other form of repentance. And I like to think of it as our our day-to-day. Because we are going to, to mess up. And we have to seek forgiveness for these things that we, we make mistakes on. 1 John 1, verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We're going to stop right there and talk about that for just a minute, and then we'll move forward. The first part of it, we're talking about that we are sinners. Now, for some of us, we think that because we go to church, because we've accepted Jesus, that we no longer sin. And that is simply not the case. Because no matter how hard we try, and let's face it, folks, how many of us are actively trying? We wake up every morning and say, this is going to be the day that I make it through and not sin. But the fact is that those thoughts come through our mind. Someone treats us in a way that we don't like to be treated and those thoughts come in our mind. The words slip. The actions slip. We can't help it. The flesh is an amazing thing and it's also a mighty problem for us because it is, in fact, influenced by sin. It is sinful in its nature and it is going to cause us to sin. The environment that we live in We're in a fallen world. We turned it over to Satan and Satan has made it his own. He is decorated for us. So the two things are are working against us. And then we have these things that reside in so it's called feelings and emotion. And how many of us have done things that are driven by feelings and emotion and those things are not very godly and they cause us to sin? That's what we're looking at. But we 
we oftentimes put ourselves on a, a pedestal. And we, we judge. We've talked about it before, how we take and we classify sin. In reality, God says sin is a sin. It's all the same to him. From the white lie to murder, all the same, all sin. But for us, we like to categorize it. And see, that way there, we can accomplish a couple different things to make us feel. Notice that word, feel, derives from feelings. And we just talked about feelings, what they do to us. It makes us feel better. See, because if we can make certain sins be worth more, be greater than, and someone else does those and we don't, it really minimizes what we do. And then another thing we'll do is we will justify our sins. Well, I told that lie because I was saving their feelings. Or I did this action because of this. You know, we, we, we make up things in our minds to justify our behavior. And most of the time it has really no bearing on what we've done. We're just believing a lie. And it says right here, if we deceive ourselves. So no matter how we deceive ourselves, and that's what we're talking about here, to believe that our sin is less than or if we don't have it at all, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Because here's what we want to do. Now, I'm going to paint a picture for you and uh, you can see if it, it makes sense. Because we want to the world to look at us and see how great we are. And we want them to join us because of how great we are. And remember, we, know we want people to come in and we want them to look like us and act like us and be just like us and think like us. And that makes a happy church, right? Absolutely not. That's what we've deceived ourselves into believing. But in reality, we need to be operating a hospital for sinners, a place where we can come and be accepted and to slowly, through not man, through slowly through the Holy Spirit, through God, by planting seeds, and by seeing how God works in our lives, start to make slow changes in the people. We need to say, yes, I am a sinner, but by the grace of God, I am saved. I used to do this, but by the grace of God, I do not do this now. I am changed, but not by anything that I am done. I am changed because God worked in me and allowed me to make these changes in my life. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. We put so much emphasis on us, but it is all about Him. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Who are we confessing our sins to? 
Because you'll have a lot of people to say, well, you need to get up here and you need to tell us all about it because we need to hear all the juicy gossip. Wait, wait, wait. Not the gossip. I mean, we need you to tell us all about your sins so you can be forgiven. But in reality, it's exactly what I said. We want to hear about everyone else's follies so we can be entertained and then we can what? Feel better back ourselves. Go back and see verse 8. We need to confess our sins to God. But doesn't God already know? Of course he does. But we go back to the basics about what we have to do to allow God to work in our lives. We have to give him permission. And that is one thing that we are doing when we are confessing our sins to God. We are giving him permission to help that area in our life, for him to help us with that area in our lives. Another thing we're doing is when we confess our sins, he is our heavenly father. We are, we're telling on ourselves. But we're doing it so that we can make a change. It's like the baptism we talked about here is an outward showing. We are saying, Father, I have this area in my life that I am struggling with, that I've messed up, that I have done these things, and I need to make a a change for it. And this is how this happens. This is how we allow him to, to help us. We're making that outward show to him. See, because sometimes we get into a, a situation where there's a big difference between having remorse and actually feeling sorry, wanting to make a change, and simply trying to exploit what we consider a loophole in the situation. It's like, well, I can do what I want to do. I'm just going to ask for forgiveness. It's forgiven, and then I'm going to do it again. Now, just because you repent for a situation doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Why? Because we are human. We make mistakes, and change is hard. We've talked about change. Now we're in year seven. We've been talking about change for seven years. Change is still hard. And as we try to make these changes, there are going to be times that we are going to backslide. That we are going to fall into the same situations. Now, does that mean that you're not remorseful? Does that mean that you don't want to change? Absolutely not. Because it's again, goes back to what the heart, what comes from it. And if you're simply going through the motions, you know, a lot of people, they have a support system around them. They have friends and family that want to see them succeed. And they will do all of these things to try to make that success happen. But some people become really good at saying the right things and doing the right things at the right time and and jumping through the hoops to appease these people, but really they haven't made any effort to make any changes 
for themselves. They just do the minimum to get by, to put on a nice show, but they haven't fully made that commitment themselves. And no matter what the situation is, it's whether if you're wanting to turn your life over to God, if you're wanting to overcome addiction, if you're wanting to lose weight, if whatever this thing is, it doesn't matter what you kind of tools you have at your disposal until you make that decision for yourself that you actually want to make that change. It's not going to happen. And you can have God in your corner. God's willing to help see you through any situation. But the problem lies if you're not fully committed to make that change, then God can't help you. The Word says that you have to be fully persuaded. Abraham was fully persuaded in what he believed. He had faith. We have to have faith because faith what? That is the keys to activating God's power. But if we are not convinced in our hearts, in our minds, if we are not fully persuaded, we don't have those keys. And we're fighting a battle that we can not win. Cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I don't know how many people get turned away because of what they've done in the past or what they look like. Because we've built up a human mentality that some things are just unforgivable. We've all made mistakes. And sometimes these things follow us for a lifetime. Because people never see past that. They based upon what you've done for a moment in your lifetime, how you look, what they see, and they completely and utterly write you off. He can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There is no sin that's too big. And it all goes back to what comes from the heart. What kind of change has happened? Of course, some people go through life and they never change. But for all those that do, there is plenty more that do have a change. Nobody is too far gone. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. You know what they say, or I say, that 
If you hear it more than once, we right here, we've just got two verses that tell us about that if we claim we are not sinners, that there's a problem. That we don't have the truth in us. That we are causing, calling God a liar. And not only that, His Word is not in us. How many of us are doing that today? How many of us are walking around without His Word in us, causing, calling God a liar because we think that we are self-righteous? And don't get confused, folks. Don't get confused. That self-righteousness falls in the same category of saying that you are not a sinner. Because here's the way it plays out. Oh, yes, I'm a sinner because the Word says so, but my sins are not as bad as some of the others. God tells us not to judge. We're not qualified, for one thing. But this is another reason why, because it puts us in a very bad position. Because to judge someone means that you are of a higher authority. And that's simply not the case. We have to come back down to God's level where he said that all of us are sinners. That one sin is not any worse than others. A sin is a sin. So we have the first kind of repentance. That is accepting Jesus. Admitting that you're a sinner. That you need a a Savior. Accepting your salvation. Now for the second part, we struggle with that in general for all the reasons we've already talked about. And then I'm going to give you another one to go along with it. And we hit on that just a smidgen last week. Is that we have a false understanding of what it means. I'm sure when we first started and I said the word repentance that some of you got a pit in your stomach because we've heard it for time after time that it's a a negative thing. This is one of those times that you're going to feel condemned and convicted and all these things that repentance is supposed to make you feel bad. It's not a guilt trip. It's not to make you feel bad. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but I want to go over it again, and we're going to keep going over it because this is very important. Because this is an area of God that we have a very false idea of. We have believed a lie for way too long, and we need to know what the truth is. And the truth is that God is good. So we're going to break it down a very simple thing on there. So if we repent, should we feel guilty? Is guilty a good feeling or a bad feeling? Bad feeling. Does God do good things or bad things? God does good things. 
So we go move down our little flow chart and it says, wait, we shouldn't feel guilty. What we should feel is, is relief. That we've taken this area and we have turned it over to God. That we have brought it out in the light. You know, many people, whenever they finally get caught doing something, they have a feel a feeling of relief. And it's because they no longer have to keep up with the lie. And that's what we're doing here. We're bringing this out into the light. We're bringing the darkness into the light. We're turning it over to God. Relief. We should feel happy because we are taking something negative and we are using it to further our relationship with God. We are connecting with Him. He is going to help us to see us through this situation that we are trying to change. We should be uplifted. This is a spiritual event. We are being forgiven. Think about how that feels. You mess up. You say, I'm sorry. And the person says, oh, don't worry about it. No, not a big deal. It doesn't bother me. You're fine. We're good. That's exactly what we're doing here with God. God is saying, it's not a problem. He says, I love you. He says, I forgive you. It's no big deal. It doesn't have to be this horrible, negative thing. It shouldn't be putting weight on our shoulders. We should feel remorseful, but not to the point that it's dragging us down. We need to be able to lay it at God's feet, turn it over to Him, and forget about it. See, so many times what we do is we say, okay, Lord, I need you to help me with this area of my life. And we go and we give it to him. And then we go to walk away. We turn around, we run back, we pick it up and we take it with us. Because we can't seem to let it go. If we say we've not sinned, we make a liar of him. God tells us that we are all sinners, that we have fallen. To lie to ourselves, let's just step back and not even how it affects our relationship with God, but how does it affect us? Because everything that God does has purpose. If we believe that we are self-righteous, that we do not sin, we do not have that connection with God. How can we have a connection with God, someone we're calling a liar? Because God tells us if we're sinners, we say we're not. And His Word is not in us. What is our purpose? Our purpose is to Share his word. To share 
our story. And if we are lying and saying that we are without sin, if we are walking around saying we are better than everyone else, then we are not putting out his message. We are not sharing his love. We are not sharing his story of our lives and how they work together because it's all made up. It's all fantasy. It's all a lie. All because we think that we are better. We have a lot of idols in our lives. God tells us to avoid idols. He's a jealous God. It should be him and nothing else. We have lots of things in our lives that become idols. We make people idols. We follow people that we don't even know, but just because we see them on TV and we see them in, in these events and these different kinds of things on there, we think there's the greatest thing going and we put so much emphasis and belief on everything they do and they say and we just blindly follow along with no purpose, with no reason other than because they're popular. They're idols. But another thing we do is we make ourselves gods. We take our success and everything that we do and we call it self-made and we take God completely out of it. We see so much evil and corruption in the world. And if you got down to the root of it, anyone that goes to these great lengths to prove a point, get their opinion across, to control, to have leadership, power, it all comes down to they believe in their own minds that they are better and they are more qualified and that whatever they think and do is far superior to anyone else. And it's not anything but a self-inflated idea. Those are the kind of bandwagons that we'll jump onto real quick. What kind of an example are we setting? What have we done that has become self-righteous? How many lies have we told about what kind of sinners that we are? And for some of you, you're probably still saying, well, I don't really do anything. How many things do you do in private that you wouldn't want to be known in public? How many things do you keep secret? How many thoughts race through your head? God is here for us. I hope that you're all really to make a change this year.
to make and have a better connection with God. And it doesn't have to be a, a big change. We're going to break it down and take some small steps. Today, I just need you to do one thing. Just take a look at yourself and say, I'm a sinner. We may not like that. It may be not feel comfortable. It's not something that we want to say out loud. But in reality, that's what it is. And we need to start accepting that fact. And we can build on that. I'm a sinner. Okay, so I need Jesus. He's my Savior. Even though that I'm a sinner and I have Jesus and I've accepted salvation, I got his big salvation package, it's not going to stop me from sinning because I'm human. So I still need to repent. I need to talk to God about what things I've done. But that's okay because God's going to forgive me. But even though he forgives me, I'm going to make an effort to truly change and allow Him to work in my life. And even though sometimes I'm going to fall back, I'm going to backslide, but that's okay because in my heart, I truly want to make a change. And God's going to help me. And He's going to forgive me. And He's going to love me no matter what I do.